Hello, friends. Uh, welcome back to the Turn One Scoop. I am one of your co-hosts, Michelle, and uh, we got uh, Pablo, who is. Uh, wh- where are you today, Pablo? So, it's a secret. But see, oh, it's yeah. it's not a secret because that's the clue. Is that it's a secret? I don't understand, but I will let you go on anyway. <laughs> <laughs> today we are at. I'm at R&D's Secret Lair because we're going to be talking about something a little bit unny today. <laughs> you see, yeah. I said unny and it's funny. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yes, today we're going to be doing two things that is uh, going to be new. We're going to be talking about meta today. And uh-huh. second, we're going to have our very first uh, guest with us tonight. <laughs> Give it up for uh, Donovan. Hey, everybody. I'm Donovan. Hello, Donovan. Yep. Uh, and if nobody knew, like, because I just looked up this land like two seconds ago, R&D Secret Lair is a legendary land from one of the unsets. Uh, because we're going to be talking about my- magic psychographs today, and as you guys might know, uh, most of the magic psychographs have had a card in an unset uh, or a mystery booster set, and that's what we're going to be talking about. That I did not know. I also did not know. Uh, can I introduce myself real quick? Yeah. Oh, go yeah. Right <laughs> we should probably do that. Nah, dude. We're just going to go right in. So, what's the first psychograph? Not kidding. Go ahead, Donovan. <laughs> I, I'm nobody special, internet people. I don't know who, who listens to this, but I, I'm, I'm literally just the guy who sometimes plays magic with these two. That's, that's what I do. Oh, well, 15 very special people listen to this podcast. Some of them not even related to us. I guess I will say <laughs> that I see myself as a bit of a Johnny slash Spike player. And if you don't know what that means, then we'll we'll get into it shortly. Yeah, right. that's what we're talking about today. Cool. Uh, so before we get into it, uh, Donovan's going to be our expert tonight. Uh, what do you know about psychographs, Michelle? Uh, in terms of the term itself, or in terms of the magic psychographs? Uh, term itself. Nothing. I cool. Know nothing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, wait. If you're talking about the my uh, the mag- the magic psychographs, uh, I I know a little bit about it. Uh, mm-hmm. I know that it's kind of like a, a quote unquote personality, uh, type that magic is kind of typecasted its players. Yes. And that, that's typically in, like, six different categories. Yes. Um, well, since I'm the more pessimistic of the two of us, uh, oh. it's the type of people that Magic the Gathering R&D studies so that they can sell you more cards. Oh. They, they study these types <laughs> so that they know exactly what cards to make, so you just keep buying that product <laughs> i like to imagine that this is kind of a, a fun like oh what kind of a magic player are you oh i'm like a timmy oh i'm like a spike ah yes i i see that you also <laughs> live in a vorthos magical fantasy land but that's <laughs> that's wow, our little that's our little <laughs> uh intro to it so donovan uh tell us more about magic's psychographs all right, so basically, as far as I understand, um, we're going to be talking about two different types of profiles here, or two different classifications. First, we have the psychographic profile, and then we have the aesthetic profile. And uh, while you know we're talking about the three that Magic came up with, I, I would go ahead and just kind of add on to what Pablo said a little earlier. These psychographs can actually be 
used for not just Magic, but a whole litany of games. So while Magic maybe came up with the concept, it, it's kind of just maybe a game development thing that's studied in general. In any case, uh, when it comes to the psychographic profiles, we have three that we're looking at. Um, namely, the first one is Timmy and Tammy. The second one is Johnny and Jenny. And the third is Spike. And uh, we'll talk about those first, and then I think later it'll probably make more sense to get into the aesthetic profile, because I think that one is more uniquely catered to magic and not as broad. Yeah, um, and, and you know, here at Turn 1 Scoop, we're all about the aesthetics. <laughs> hey! <laughs> You're not wrong, Pablo. Get into it, Donovan. How do you want to set this up? I think that we should start with everyone's favorite type of psychographic maybe the, maybe the type of psychographic that we all start off when we're young and we look at magic and we're like oh look at this game it's so fun look at all these big cards and oh yeah i'm playing with my friends oh, i'm having you're, a good time oh, we're talking wrong. about timmy's <laughs> and tammy's oh man i feel i feel like that example hit a little too close to home but go go ah. ahead keep going donovan <laughs> all right all right so i'm gonna read straight from the wikipedia that way i'm not mincing the words or anything a Timmy or Tammy is characterized by their tendency to use big creatures and cast big spells. Large, exciting plays motivate them. Timmies are most associated with playing for fun and all kinds of huge creatures, fantastic spells, and mythical enchantments. They are the most social archetype, enjoying the interaction that magic provides. A stereotypical Timmy slash Tammy is usually a younger player with a simple, yet fun for them, in parentheses, deck. They do not care whether they win or lose, but want to have fun playing really big effects. Um, the, the article kind of goes on to talk about that a lot of players kind of start off as Timmy and Tammy's and, you know, slowly start to morph into other profiles. Not that you have to. Let me, no, let me just ask, did that's, you that's... guys start off as Timmy and Tammy's? I'm curious. No. Morph? Morph? <laughs> no, more like bullied. More like fucking teeth to the curb and stomped to death by black and blue that's what happens to timmy's you start oh. off young and idealistic Jesus you Christ. crack that pack you smell it like mm, wow it's a hit of that new card <laughs> smell and then you know what happens you're taking in all this media you're watching uh, game nights and command oh. zone and you're thinking like wow what cool big splashy plays and you know what happens you know what happens when you come in and go like i'm gonna do a fireball for 40 mana isn't that gonna be cool guys some asshole comes in with a uh, fucking negate uh, and then you turn into something else so what you what you're saying is that everyone starts off as a timmy until you start playing against blue players and yes. black <laughs> because because the value you just can't stop the value man is, is this why you hate demir so much um yeah uh, you know what yeah a little bit actually the, the, <laughs> The reason why I'm getting all choked up about this is the 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 antithesis of Timmy's is black and blue players because a Timmy likes those big splashy spells. Black and blue just needs two mana to stop anything that a Timmy does. Oh, I, mean, I see. You're not wrong. <laughs> but that's but that's me though. So. Well, anyway. All right. Okay. Well, I'm I'm curious. All right. So your very first magic deck that your brother or your friend, or maybe it was just a, a starter deck that you bought, like what are your first colors? I personally, my first magic deck ever was a nightmare deck. Um, so back when I was a little Timmy, 
my my favorite thing was, oh, I'm gonna play a nightmare, and the nightmare is gonna steal a card from my opponent's board. <laughs> Look at me. So I, I think right <laughs> off the bat, I was I was maybe one of the Timmy subtypes, but we could we could talk about that in a little bit. What what was your first type of deck, and do you think that it it helped the Timmy and you, or kind of pushed you into another category altogether? I guess we can have uh, Michelle answer this because the audience has already known a little bit about my backstory for this, but you gotcha. know, we can get that to the end. Uh, but Michelle, do you ever feel like you're a Timmy? Were you ever a Timmy? This was, I, I feel like I wasn't a Timmy until more recently. Because, <laughs> <Okay. laughs> uh, well, look, as you know, uh, as, uh, you know, hopefully some of the people who listen know, my very first deck was made by Pablo, and it was a black and green infect deck. And They're so what green. that did to me was show me that, hey, here are some little weenies, and everybody has 20 life, but you, you give everybody 10 life instead, and you just nuke people on oh. the spot. And I'm like, ooh. I think this is a good opportunity <laughs> to actually go into the subtypes of Timmy and Tammy. So a as the article goes, not only do we have psychographics, uh, different pro t uh, profiles and categorizations, but we have subclasses. So I I'm going to go ahead and take a guess at the subclass that uh, Michelle is or was. But before that, I'm going to read them all out. So first uh -huh. subclass we have is Power Gamers. Power Gamers love playing big creatures and big spells as they smash their way to victory. They equate power with fun. Okay, so your your Timmiers or your green players, your red players, that kind of thing. Social Gamers thrive on social aspect on the social aspect of the game their only interest is interacting with their friends thus they tend towards multiplayer veterans i think we all kind of have a little bit of that diversity mm -hmm. gamers experience all the different deck types and formats they always try something different because they enjoy constant exploration i think we actually i think michael is kind of that like a, a friend of no. ours Maybe, no, maybe not. There's, no. there's something that Michael is. Uh, yeah, okay, list. that's true, that's true. Adrenaline <laughs> gamers enjoy the variance in the game, playing cards and decks that don't have a predictable outcome. They love cards that work differently each time you play them, like coin flip cards. And then there's griefers. They enjoy making other players not have fun. And I'm going to guess that if I Michelle was ever is. a Timmy with a Infect deck... That she was probably the griefer subclass Excuse of Timmy. Excuse you? Excuse you? No, no, no. I would like for my friends to have fun, okay? I, uh, I, I don't know how that's possible. How, yeah, this, this is a, this is a, uh, this is a uh, what, do you, uh, what do you call it? Hypocrisy or an oxymoron? I want my friends to have fun as she infects me for five uh, damage. And see, let's see. let's let's go back here. Just because most players start off as Timmy's or Tammy's does not mean that Michelle started off as a Timmy I or feel Tammy. That okay? I did not start off as a Timmy or Tammy purely because of the power that was given to me uh, 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 when I was uh, just a little magic baby. Uh, I feel like instead of a Timmy or Tammy, I started off as a Spike. <laughs> Oh, that's true. It's, there's not very many variations of infect that isn't just it goes straight to spike. That's that's a modern archetype. That's well, not legacy, but still, it's kind of <laughs> the the monopoly board of magic, right? Some of us land on Park Place and Boulevard, but you just land on go straight to spike, all right? Just <laughs> sit, sit look, in <laughs> You say this as if I chose to be a spike player on purpose, okay? I did not choose to create this infect deck. I was given this infect deck, okay? But did you embrace it? 
did you find joy or did you I did go, find oh, joy no. in crushing my enemies beneath my feet, okay? <laughs> you could have you could have had that inner Timmy going like this doesn't seem so fair and said to me to Pablo like Pablo, give me a more fun deck. This this infect strategy is too strong. Never once did you say that. Well, no, I didn't. I didn't think it was too strong purely because I mean, like one v ones, it was really strong. But then you play in a pod, uh, and this is before EDH. This was like kitchen sink or whatever, right? And then you play in a pod or in like a group of seven or whatever, and then you realize immediately that you're actually really weak. Okay, <laughs> so I thought it was totally fine. So let me ask you, Pablo, if you started off as a Timmy, what subclass would you say that you were or sub subgroup? Timmy. Mm, let's see. Were you a social gamer or, uh, you know? Here's the problem. Well, not really the problem. I started off Magic uh, back in Revised. So a lot of these things weren't so much typed yet back then. Uh, I, I can't fit into one of the categories for a Timmy. I was very much a Timmy back then. I was a power gamer. My first deck was Grizzly Bears, Crawlworms, Alanawar Elves, Giant Growths. I just, like, look at how big they are. Gonna that's bulldoze so you. cool. I'm, I'm a swing out at you. And that's also why I'm so very, very... Um, this was before I knew anything about card economy. This is before I knew uh, anything about advantage or game theory or anything like that. I just knew that if I played against a black or a blue deck and I pumped all of this shit into my Crawlworm, they could stop it so easily. Ah, okay. That's slowly how the, the Timmy got squeezed <laughs> out of me. I see. That's how the Timmy and you died. I would say that I started off as a social gamer. Because uh, I started off with a Nightmare deck. So already I was doing a lot of gross things. I mean, I remember one of my favorite cards was uh, one Petrovark. It's like you play four. Uh, I think it's four neutral colors and one red. And you just take someone's land. So I was playing oh. not land destruction. Oh. Yeah, I know. Before, before I knew toxicity. like how gross that was. What? I'm toxicity. just like, Whoa. spike griefer, spike griefer. Yeah, maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe a little bit. All right. I thought that I was kind of social. You know, I like having fun with my friends. But for whatever reason, <laughs> I would play the game and they wouldn't have that much fun. But hey, that was fun for me. So. Maybe so maybe you're I am me a griefer. really I, a griefer. I don't really know. Okay. Well, see, here's the thing about Timmy's though. Um, going off a bit, a little bit. Most Magic players, I think, start off as Timmy's just because they don't have enough card or game knowledge to be anything else. You can't be a Johnny. Mm. You can't be a Spike. You can you can feel like a Spike though. Well, let me let me rephrase that. You can feel like a Spike, but you can't really fit into any of the categories because you don't really know how to play the game. Timmy's just by the dint of being there will be Timmy's. There is one little caveat for this, though, is I think what Michelle sort of fit in, and the reason why I gave her the Infect deck to begin with, is people coming in from other games already. So, like, Michelle hmm. already was playing a little bit more of Pokemon, so she already knew how a card game was played. And, um, and when you're in other card games, you immediately already start to fit into one of these uh, demographics that uh, Magic, uh, Wizards of the Coast has made. You're not yeah. wrong. 
That being said, when I was playing Pokemon, if we're going to translate these magic psychographs to Pokemon, I, I was definitely a Timmy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, everybody starts off as a Timmy, man. Maybe the more interesting question would be, do you still know any Timmies, right? Like, uh, you know, maybe amongst any of the social circles that you play, can you really name any people... You know, you don't have to name names, but, like, that have been playing for years and, and still have somehow kept their innocence, retained their purity, didn't get uh, crushed by blue or black, and they still just, like, playing that big creature well, and being like, yes. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Isn't Marine uh, just through and through with Timmy just, just yeah, like, you know what? straight oh, up? One of our friends, Maureen, plays Simic. I mean, like, the dex is, it's AC, so it's already kind of gross, but it's ACC monsters. Um, that pretty much is just big creature swing, so you know, yeah, you're right. One thing that's kind of interesting about her, too, is that, like, we play in big multiplayer formats, but she hates the politics behind it. She wants a nice, mm. honest game, no field <laughs> wipes, let's keep it clean, boys! I'm gonna play my creature, you play your creatures, and as they say in the, like, last Godzilla movie, we're gonna let them fight, alright? If you bring any of that bullshit to the table, though... You know, you're messing it up for everybody. Let's have a nice, clean game. I, I think that that is a mature Timmy. Yeah, <laughs> this is true, but she'll also refuse to to engage in any kind of, like, politicking with anybody. Like, she won't make any deals uh, with anybody at all. And it's like, okay, well... That's because uh, she, she has honor. When I make a it's deal, just... <laughs> it's, it's never... It's always for my benefit, and ultimately I will betray you... Not, I won't break my, my promise because that, that's not a whole anymore, other episode. Least, okay. Not anymore, now that I understand <laughs> the code. But I want to win, goddammit. So if I'm making a promise, it's so that I can somehow play that to my advantage. She oh, won't yeah. have any of it. This is speak, speaking of politics and EDH, so one thing that is going to happen in any commander table, any commander game, if your m format of choice is EDH, you are at least on the surface level a Timmy social gamer. Like, yeah. you can't be in EDH without having just a little bit of this, because when it's 1v1, you can sort of think about it like chess. You're really just trying to beat a situation. Mm -hmm. In EDH, when there's four or more people, that's... There's nothing... I mean, like, there is always magic. There's always the rules, etc. But that is nothing but social situations that you have to navigate. So everybody you can navigate it like EDH, poker though. You know, it's like I'm playing this with other yeah, people, yeah, but yeah, I'm gonna be exactly. as cutthroat as is possible. That's true, yes, but yes. that's scary. It, I'm just uh, saying that you need to have the interest or ability to be a social gamer and, you know, ergo a little bit of a Timmy when you're playing uh commander specific. Sure, sure. That sure. is true, that is true. I do find that uh, playing in a pod is, is much more enjoyable than playing 1v1 just because I find that playing 1v1 can be, like, like really intimidating. <laughs> Out of curiosity, though, have you ever gone to, like, a, a like a, what is it, Wednesday Night Magic, Friday Night no. Magic? Friday Night Magic, no. yeah, Friday Night. FNM, I'm FNM. So scared. I don't... <laughs> I do not want to play with strangers. That that, that like, has to be an episode, Pablo. Like <laughs> Mich No, I I'm already planning. I I know that everybody's getting their shots. Michelle is gonna either go out into webcam EDH world or get dragged out into the oh, real look, look, world. Look, look, look. We're I'll gonna do it. we're gonna make her the expert that she I I'll is. I'll do yeah. it if if one of you guys go with me. Okay. Oh yeah <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm very afraid. We will just leave you to the to the magic wolves. I think that it's a good time to transition into our next uh, next type. What do you guys think? 
Yeah, so good old Johnny's and Jenny's. Okay, so next we're going over Johnny's and Jenny's. Let me go ahead and once again read straight from the text. A Johnny or Jenny is characterized by their tendency to build complex and creative decks. Johnny slash Jenny is most commonly known as a combo player, and they sometimes choose for elaborate but inefficient win conditions. Uh, they like to find interesting combinations of cards that can win the game or give them an advantage. Johnny may be a player who seeks card niche, uh, or niche cards, or cards widely re uh, reputed as bad, and then tries to break them, exploiting them in ways to give, uh, exploiting them in ways that give abnormal power and win games. Oh my god, I'm butchering this. Okay, Johnny's <laughs> are happiest, uh, when their decks work the way... Uh, work and they win their way. Okay, sorry. One in many leaves them happy uh, if that win is on their own terms. L let me summarize that because I kind of butchered it. Long story <laughs> short, Johnny's and Jenny's are combo players and uh, they want to win by their own terms, whatever that means, right? So if that means getting off some kind of cool combo, that's one thing. If it means making a deck of all elf ladies that somehow functions and it combos in some kind of way uh you know however they want to win they want to win on their own terms and that's mm -hmm. what brings them joy the idea is that uh a johnny may lose nine out of ten games but if he wins that one game on his own terms he ends his magic playing night pretty happy um before we get into the subgroups i would say that i think that i most comfortably fit in johnny right now what about what about you pablo and michelle um, let's see, I can say I do not usually fit with any of the Johnny uh, or Jenny types. Uh, there is one caveat. Johnny and Jenny has a lot of bleed over to Vorthos, mm -hmm. and when that uh, part of the Venn diagram happens, that is where I live. Uh, we were talking about weird decks that have themes or weird decks that have uh, win conditions that are kind of not really there. I'm there for it. My absolute favorite deck is, uh, well, my two absolute favorite decks are my Kenrith Twins deck and my Estrid deck, and the they're both basically uh, just made for, can I win with only Planeswalkers, and specifically for the uh, Rowan and Will deck, can I win with my secret commander, Chandra? So, usually no. I am a combo player, but not in the way that Johnny and Jenny work. I am absolutely a deck artist, though. Yeah, but, I, well, okay, so I guess we're getting into some stuff right now, but before I get into all that, let me, um, let's, let's open the floor up to Michelle and how she feels about Johnny and Jenny's. Uh, I feel like uh, very soon after uh, my first couple of decks, where I was very much so like, aha, winning. Uh, I uh, very quickly went into Johnny. I think the the next deck that I made uh, after my my birds deck was <laughs> was a deck centered around uh, a combo with Guile, oh, Guile yeah. and Dovescape. Guile and Dovescape, and I don't remember uh, so much the combo now. Because uh, I haven't played that deck in such a long time. Because it's like, oh, it's just... Wasn't it like <laughs> Make a Thousand Birds or something like that? Like well, everything turns into birds? Correctly. I can I can absolutely vouch for Michelle still being this bad. Yeah. Continue, Michelle. I'll 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 talk about it later if you don't bring so it up. So if I remember correctly, I know Guile is the card that counters uh, everything that's not 
uh, a creature. And oh no, right? that's Dubscape. Oh, no, Dub that Dubscape is, Dubscape is the one that counters everything that's not a creature. Which one is Guile? Uh, Guile is that? such an ugly card. It's like a huge bird. Let me, let me pull it up. Turtle. Real quick here. Weird thing. All right, while you're pulling that up, um, actually, no, no, no. I'll, I'll let you. I'll let you finish your. Okay, okay, here it is. So, so Guile is a, a big, big blue boy, and he can't be blocked except by three or more creatures. But also, the important thing is that if a spell or ability you control would be countered, uh, instead exile it, and then you may play that card without paying its mana cost. And so, how does that combo here. with Dovescape? So let me let yeah, me yeah, explain yeah, yeah. the combo. Yeah, 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 probably you uh, explain it. <laughs> Guile is on the field. As with Dovescape, anytime anybody else tries to cast a, a spell, Dovescape tries to counter that spell. Guile sees that that spell is being countered and goes, Hey, how about that? I'll just steal that spell. Now Michelle will get to cast it. Ah, uh, I see. I All see. right, but instead of, of me casting it, it just gets countered again. With, and then you and get then I, birds. And I just get infinite birds. And right. I can just stop it one. There you go. And then I would just have a million, gajillion, bajillion birds. <laughs> As you do. As you do. <laughs> we should just call Michelle Alfred Hitchcock because she attacking us with those birds. Ha-ha! Ha-ha, did y'all like that joke? Ha-ha! <laughs> I'm sure that the, the entire audience is dying. <laughs> dying of laughter. Yo, I'm, I'm funny. Okay, um, look, <laughs> yeah. I want to I wanna go over the subgroups because I honestly think that Johnny and Jenny is where things get like a little... I don't know, they're like the most broad group. I feel like there are no magic players that don't see themselves a little bit in Johnny and Jenny. So going over the, the subgroups, we have combo players. Combo players are fascinated by the interaction of the cards. They find combinations that no one else has. They want to build decks that will impress all who see them. Cool. Then we have offbeat designers. Offbeat designers are driven by ideas. They are proving their ability to find answers to any challenge. What if the deck had only lands? What if the deck never played permanents? Um, yeah, that's, that's pretty interesting. I, I feel like... That's Pablo a little bit, but uh, let's let's finish. Deck artists. Uh, deck artists use deck building as a form of self-expressive art. They build decks that do things like embody the elf culture, for example. Okay. Now that's cool. me. That is. All me. right, and then the last one, Uber Johnny. Uber Johnny thrives on doing the undoable. He proves that what conventional wisdom says can't be done can be done. To him, no card is too bad to find the use for, like one with nothing. Uh, and this is Michelle. One, this uh, is Michelle is with Guile and Dubscape. Is that what that this is, is Michelle. <laughs> specifically, specifically with Yennick. Oh, is, really? This is what Michelle is. This is where Michelle lives in. So that's why I was saying, like, yes, Michelle is very much a Johnny Jenny. She's a Jenny because she's an uber Jenny. She's like, I'm going to make it happen. I'm going to make it work. Yennick will have the seven drop, and then you will all see. And then afterwards, I will have, uh, what's it, Atemsis kill you for, you know, that's, that's Michelle. So, so Michelle is the uber Johnny. Mm-hmm. Funny cards, funny cards, and funny strats. Funny cards do funny things. <laughs> let me let me ask you, Pablo. Like, so you see yourself as uh, in the deck artist subgroup, but it seems to me that deck artists and you. you I, the only reason I'm bringing them up is because you already did. And Vorthos are kind of similar. Like, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. 
I mean, is it possible to be in the deck artist subgroup but not really care too much about Vorthos? Because I, I, I feel like Vorthos is, like, more specific. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so Vorthos, it's like you're a deck artist but a little bit deeper. Like, I, it, to some degree, I think all Vorthoses, when we talk about them, um, are deck artists, but not every deck artist is a Vorthos. For instance, yeah, like, okay, I love building decks around concepts. That's my whole thing. Um, whether the deck's concept is a certain tribe or a, a certain mechanic, I'll I'll be playing Magic and I'll be like, oh, you know what's cool? Uh, Prowl is cool. I want to build a Prowl deck, and then I'll, I'll build a whole deck around Prowl. Or, you know what's cool? Vegans are cool. I mean, not vegans. What am I saying? There's no vegan card type. I was going to say rats. <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with my brain right now. <laughs> Okay, I, I love rat cards in Magic, and it's like, I want to build a rat deck, right? But I don't know if that makes me a Vorthos, because I don't really care about the art or the lore or the in-game flavor. Like, I'm not really in it for all those things, and we can talk more about Vorthos when we get there. I'm just into, oh, rats, they scurry, and they're cool, and, like, that's, that's my whole thing. I'm trying to make a rat culture deck. Because it, it makes me happy on the inside. Right, right. And that's that's the more broad deck artist mm. form of Johnny. Sure. When we get into Vorthos, maybe you're looking at the rats of Dominaria specifically. Or maybe you're looking at the rats of Ravnica specifically. Or, like, there's there's something a little bit deeper within magic itself. You're kind of focusing more... In the in, lore. ...to magic, yeah. yeah, when you're Vorthos. Not not that that's, like, necessarily always the case, but that's more often so than are not you, the So you would say that you're, like, a big lore hound? Have you, yes, have you read um, all the books again, or any of the books for magic? Like, they're kind of old at this point. I don't know if they still make a new book for every set, but they used to. I don't know if Michelle yes, knew that. Uh, they, they, they do more web, web short stories now, and I'm actually kind of... Kind of looking forward to see the uh, Strixhaven um, write-ups because I don't know. I, I just want to see how much they ripped off <laughs> Harry Potter, even though they say that they're not ripping off Harry Potter. But come on, they're ripping this off. This is a little Harry bit Potter. of a tangent, but I'm interested. Like when you were growing up, what was your favorite magic book? If you Ooh. remember. Ooh, uh, I do have that. I actually still have the copy right here. It is if I can if I can reach it. It's it's all the way over there. Uh, it is the Artifact Cycle from uh, the Magic. The, the gathering um specifically the brothers war that's what i would consider um some of the best writing that magic ever had wow um the magic story that like i think is the best mythos is the weatherlight saga with gerard and all the crew and sisse and hannah and, and yagmoth that's that for me, is like the Star Wars of uh, magic lore. Yeah. Uh, the artifact cycle is like the Lord of the Rings of the magic lore. Uh, so if we're if we're like judging and pigeonholing them, like well, that. there you go. There, there's a there's an idea uh, for a future episode. Magic has a deep lore, as we all know, but they used to have books, and uh, mm. it's a little old-fashioned. But maybe y'all can do an episode where y'all just kind of talk about some of the old books. I can't. I, I I just I just shit on them. I just shit on every book that came out after two thousand and seven. I can't. I only read one book and I really enjoyed it when I was a kid. I I don't remember even what it's called, but I remember. I think it's the guy's name is Ixador. He's a blue mage that could like draw in the air and create like spells out of nothing. And Phage. Let's. Phage was in it. I remember, and it was so weird because she had a contraption where they would. 
Like, so everything that Phage touched dies, and even though the chicken was already dead, it would, like, burst into maggots if she touched it. So she had this weird device that she would have to wear where they would shove chicken into her mouth without actually touching her skin. It was strange. Okay, but that's a, that's a whole tangent. Let's 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 it's get me. back to. No, I didn't even realize that Magic came up with books for each set. Yeah, they did. That's why I thought that you would find Ooh. it interesting. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's boomer seeing, stuff. Seeing as Mich <laughs> well, but before we move on, come on, Donovan. We all know why you liked Ixidor. It was because of them big booby waifus. He Ixidor made a chroma. That's all you need I to know Ixidor about Ixidor. Ixidor did make a chroma. That's true. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but that's that's let's let's go back to Michelle. So Michelle, you are very much a new walker. Yep. You are very much like past the mending, past the uh, New World Order, etc. of Planeswalkers. Yep. Is there anything about lore that like specifically grabs you? See, now, the only piece of lore that I know <laughs> that I know in magic pertains to Oko and how he went around just fucking up with a bunch of shit, but more specifically, the one time that for whatever reason he, he like, had control over Garouk, and I don't remember the circumstances as to why he did, but he carried him around uh, as his little, little boy toy slave and called him Dog. Oh yeah, that's right, <laughs> fuck boy Garouk. Who can forget oh, the man. classic saga of fucking Yeah, it's so Garouk. sad because that's one of my favorite, that's probably my favorite version of Garouk. Easily one of my favorite planeswalkers. <laughs> and he's like, oh you no, mean, uh, like, uh, big, Gimp Garouk big, uh, is my favorite. <laughs> big doggy, big doggy, do, uh, doggy, big doggy boy toy Garouk. Oh god. <laughs> hide, hide that bone, Garouk. And Come on. That was the first time I gave an interest to any lore in magic whatsoever. Ever. <laughs> I, well, you know what? So did a lot of other people. <laughs> like, I saw the art for Oko, and I'm like, oh, look. It's actually a hot boy in magic. Not that you there know, aren't other hot boys. This is just the first one that piqued my interest. And so I was reading through it, and I'm like, okay, what's up with this guy? And I don't remember anything except for the fact that he's a little shit. And he he made Garouk his doggy boy toy. I, <laughs> and I maybe, was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> maybe this is the boomer in me, but I feel like not all magic sets are created equal and there are just some all-star like wow that was a really good set and some examples of this would be like the shards set shards was amazing um what do you call it eventide which was like uh well like there was like shadowmore and eventide oh, i'm talking about planes here so shadowmore and eventide oh. excellent plane the cards that came out of that super fun super cool tribes um, I would say that, like, Shards and Alara, like, Bant, Jund, like, that, I really like that set. The reason I'm bringing this up is because I really feel that Eldraine is on that level. Like, I think Eldraine is such a good set, was such a good set for new players to get into, because it's, it's cool, it's fantasy, the card art was amazing, um, and there was just a lot of interesting stuff going on in there. Yeah, one of the nicest things about Eldraine was it was very, um... I won't say it pushed mono like the way that mono colored sets uh, push it. Uh, by that I mean in Eldraine, it very much liked you playing one color yeah. uh, very heavily. So that that always, whenever there's a mono push, a mono color push in the set, usually it turns out to be very uh, uh, beginner friendly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, all right, getting back on like kind of topic here. Uh, do we have any... So we got Uber Johnny. Do we have any 
offbeat designers, people that are literally just trying to make decks that's like, what if a deck only had lands? What if a deck never played permanents? Like, do we know anyone like this? I'm trying to think mm. if anyone I know is that extreme. Sometimes I feel like Pablo is that extreme because he'll put a... He'll make an EDH deck with like 99 lands in it, or at least it feels that way because of all the rounds. <laughs> those were, those were, those were <laughs> back in the olden times of EDH when everybody was memeing. Um, I do try to do a little bit, but the thing is, I don't think I go far enough for offbeat designers. Sure. I make themes and I make funny bullshit. Like right now, the 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 funniest thing I ever do with EDH is is Voltron. I just I just want to see how far I can that, push the Voltron. And that's true, but is that really offbeat though? <laughs> exactly. It's it's not really. I mean, like it's a little offbeat, but not no, not really. I think that the offbeat. funniest deck that you've ever made. And this isn't this isn't like EDH or anything, but you at one point in time had a deck that was just goats. Yo, yeah. goat deck. I do remember goat deck. <laughs> No, that was you know dumb. they had a little bit more support now for goats, hey! just, just for modern. That is uh, that is <laughs> uber deck artist. Got the goats Maybe moving. It's, uh, That's... Maybe it's time to go back to that goats, but turn it to EDH. Uh, it's it's le okay. So there have been more goat spells. There have not been more goats. <laughs> so so, oh, so it would be the exact same deck but thinner. Uh, oh, you just, since you it's just, a singleton uh, format. You just stick in a bunch of changelings. It'll be fine. <laughs> Dude, it'll be it would be. 30 changelings <laughs> and 20, not even 20 goats, like 7 goats. It, 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 uh, yeah. Hey, All right. It, it's fine. <laughs> I, I want to get and start talking about Spike. That way we'll have gone through all of the psychographic profiles and we can talk about all of them like oh. interchangeably. Because I got, I got a yes. question that I want to ask, but I'll save it. <laughs> okay. So last but not least, as far as the psychographic profiles, we have Spike players. Uh, I'll go ahead and read it to the best of my ability, even though uh, apparently I'm illiterate today. So uh, a, uh, a Spike you know. is characterized by their competitive nature. And they play primarily to prove how good they are. Spike will find the best deck in the format, even if it requires copying another innovator's work. Uh, see net decking, which is in parentheses. Spike cards are effective, designed to secure a fast and effective victory over opponents. If a Spike plays several games and loses one, they uh, but it feels like they should have won it, they may be malcontent. So to summarize that, they're your tryhards, all right? Spikes are the tournament Oof. boys. Spikes want to win. Spikes don't give a shit. They're going to do what it Oof. takes to win, all right? They, they wait for the Johnnies and Jennies of the world to come up with the most effective deck. Then they play that deck, all right? Uh, well, uh, before we get too far into spiking, net decking is, is when you go online and you search for, like, a specific card uh, that you want to make like an EDH deck out of. So say for instance, hey, I want to do a deck out of Marisi. And then you go online, search up Marisi, and then you find someone's deck list, and it's like, oh, this is a really good deck list, and then you copy every single one of those cards. Absolutely. Like, this is mine now, okay? <laughs> without shame. By the way, without shame. You're not a spike if you're doing this and feel a little bit bad about it. You're a spike <laughs> when you go, there is complete, there's nothing wrong with what I'm doing. And you know, technically you're right, but also, come, come on. on. And you're also not a spike if if you are looking at these deck lists but you're also looking at a bunch of other deck lists and you're using like multiple deck lists as like uh, references to try to combine and make you're your getting own. the best from okay them. so yeah, yeah, yeah. who here is a spike me <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah but like, <laughs> it's not so much it's not so much that you 
you do any of this other stuff. Mm-hmm. It's Michelle. You feel malcontent. Yeah. I don't. Do I feel malcontent? I mean, I do get angry when I lose, but it's not like you know I, I, I win. <laughs> what? Oh, there it is. That's exactly the fucking definition. Okay, look, 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 look. I feel like this is just a normal response in, in most True. normal people. Okay, I lose, would agree with that. Like, I would agree with like, that. Okay, I feel kind of upset, but it's not one of these things where it's like, oh, we play like oh, so for instance, we play like ten games, and I, I win like. Uh, uh, nine of them and I lose one, I'm not going to be upset for that, you know? Yeah, that's true. Uh, I, I do think we play up our grudges in our play group, but, you know, that's part of the fun, right? Well, Ugh. I I don't know. Like, <laughs> so no, it, it's, definitely, it's definitely part of the fun, but it's like, okay, look, losing... You know, I, I think it it can rub people long, a little bit of a wrong way. EDH is the format that we play. It's a very <laughs> long format, and there can be a lot of ups and downs. I think that what makes us a spike in EDH is, like, how badly we want to win. I mean, mm-hmm. because, like, if we really wanted to be spike players, we would all be playing CDH. If we had the money for it, we would just we would just buy that deck. Like, the, the deck that exists that can just win in two turns, mm-hmm. even though you're playing, like, a 100-card deck. None of us have done that, but we do play pretty dirty when, when the time comes. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. For for spikes, Very I think in EDH. Now, here's the thing about EDH: it is the casual format of Magic, so you can't really, unless you are playing CEDH, uh, which is its its own beast. You're not really a spike player the way that tournament Magic players sure. feel like. Spike players in EDH specifically are the people who go as close as they can to breaking the social contract, uh... but not doing it. See, so no, I would these never do that, okay? Okay, see, <laughs> I would do that. Oh, uh, fucking for shame. And I used to do that. I honestly argued with these two that the social contract and magic was terrible. But you know what? I decided to change my opinion. Not because my opinions change, <laughs> but I was going to lose all my credibility as an EDH player if I didn't, you know, at least for now. It's like, look... If we're all gonna agree that contracts are ironclad, I can play within that paradigm. I just, I just yeah. need to know that, uh, you know, <laughs> that's just the rules. Of this, the rules. this specific part of the yeah. And you gotta so, remember, too, I mean, right? Like uh, EDH is, is like you said, a, a more of a social game and, and less of a serious kind of like I'm here just fucking like whoop steamroll. It's it's social, okay? I mean, like you don't you don't go hang out with your friends and be like bam. I'm just smack him in the face. I I would say though that I'm definitely as spike as at least in our group. Very. Uh, let me let me let me list some of the ways that I'm spike. One, uh-huh. almost all my decks are net decks. Now, what that means is that I went to EDH Rec. I looked at the commander that I wanted, and for the most part, I I follow the format of like, oh, these are the most popular cards that show up in this deck. Well, that's, that's I feel like in all. part. I do that because I don't have the card knowledge that other people do. But the other part is maybe I, I just don't want to do the Johnny work of coming out with all the combos myself. Fair. And I mean, then two. fine, but I feel like that's just kind of referencing from, from like a large source, right? I feel like net decking is, net, uh, net decking is more like, all right, so we know that uh, we're, we're looking through different decks and you find, uh, you know, on YouTube or whatever, uh, some dude is like, this is like the most optimal way optimal way to play, like blah, 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 blah. No, yeah, I, I've never done just, that. Yeah. I but like if you're going on EDH rec and you're just looking at like the there's it's still just a such a large list of cards you know I mean even if you do take the most popular cards it's chances are you're still gonna have to cut some and you have to decide that yourself. 
Sure. I, I will say, though, I have chosen commanders basically just off tier list alone. Gross. It's not a surprise. Oh. Is, that what, is that what Muldrotha is? It's not a surprise that I play both <laughs> Muldrotha and Atraxa, okay? Disgust. Like, I already knew they were strong planeswalkers long Fucking before I picked gross. them. All right. Um, so, Donovan, here, go through these spikes absolutely really quickly, and I'll tell I'll say I'll tell you that there's actually only two of these that really apply to uh, EDH and Commander. Okay. So first off, we have our innovators. Innovators pride themselves on their ability to judge new cards. Their goal is to find the next broken thing. Their dream is to spawn the next dominant deck. I think applies to EDH to a certain extent. Then we have tuners. Tuners try to dominate by fine-tuning known decks known as min-maxers in the role-playing side of gaming. Uh, don't really know what they mean by in the role-play side of gaming, but min-maxers are definitely like a, a thing. Like a D&D, like, like a D&D and, and uh, World of Warcraft, you're, you're min-maxing yeah. as far as well, I see. Like even, like, right, right, other, right. Like, video game, like, RPGs and shit. Oh, yeah, I know what min-maxing is. I, okay, all right, I, I get what you're saying now. Thank you. Mm -hmm. uh, let's see. Uh, then we have Analysis. Uh, analysis plan on winning by, uh, uh, not by having the best deck in a vacuum, but by having the best deck suited for any particular environment. They are very focused on the sideboard. Ooh. Which will, cannot happen in EDH. I don't know well, about we'll, that. We'll, but we, we can get to that. We can get to that. We can get to that. Yeah. And then nuts and bolts. Just, just the last sentence. No last sentence. Nuts and bolts focuses on uh, focuses their energies in perfecting their own gameplay. They try to understand their own internal flaws and work to improve them. They spend more of their time on limited formats. Well, hey, that's by mean. limited formats. What do they mean? Uh, they're talking about draft. They're talking about sealed. Just <laughs> it's your own. These are the karate masters of. Um, uh, are these are like your drafters? They're the ones or? who are trying to get their discipline and play decisions mm. on point, uh, not, not necessarily the cards. Okay. Makes sense, makes sense. Magic is a complicated game, and I think to a certain extent, people don't really um, think about like the choice as much. They mostly think about, oh, I didn't have the right cards, but it's sometimes not about the right cards. It's literally just about how you played them. Um, yep, 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 yep. I, I would agree, Pablo. I think that for the most part, not all of these hit EDH one-to-one. But if we're going to comment on analysis, I definitely know that it, within our pod of people that play EDH, people have found some metas so annoying that they have built whole decks to counter whatever the hell's going on at the time. And uh, that's yes. very much, you know, like, oh, here's the mm -hmm. meta? Like, <clears throat> we going to stop that. Yeah, like, the, the the thing about analysts is I think that we... Sh I mean, not that we can't have it in the spike conversation, but we're, we're really shunting that over into one of the aesthetic profiles of Metagamer. Like, analysts is fine, like, as an academic exercise, mm. we're thinking about them when we're talking about spike, because, you know, they're there, but it's a lot like deck artists for Johnny. It's We don't really think about that in the same way that... Um, tournament gamers are thinking of it i mean you know? maybe but since we're kind of skipping ahead here i would even argue that metagamer probably shouldn't even be its own profile we're going to talk about it for sure but like i don't see why they couldn't just be an analyst and spike yeah i see i see i see okay um well out of these the biggest thing that in edh are tuners like we we have all these sure. other guys these all these other motherfuckers uh innovators cedh analysts we're, we're talking about something else completely nuts and bolts they're limited players like nuts and bolts actually is very much just uh 
speaking two limited formats. There, There is the draft format for Commander called Commander Legends, so, you know, there are nuts and bolts people in, in, in EDH, but most of the time, everybody just kind of falls into a degree of tuner if they're Spike. Well, let me ask you this. What about innovators, especially since Wizards of the Coast seems to have been making more and more of an effort to bring out, like, a cool commander in each set, right? So I'm sure the innovators are like, damn, like, this new set's coming out, like... How is EDH going to change? Like, what what can I use to make my existing deck better? Or like, will this like kind of break what EDH is like? What's currently meta in EDH? Uh, a good example exactly. of this would be what what's that? The White King from uh, Eldraine. Like, I know that for a while people uh, were really Kenrith. Ken yeah, King. I know EDH players were like, "Damn, dude, when this guy comes out, he's gonna be a big deal." Mm -hmm. uh, and that's why. So the the, the one of the biggest things about EDH is, unless you're going for CEDH, you're trying not to make a deck that's so busted. Like, that's actually something that's kind of a conscious thing, sure. which is why it's a little bit hard to be an innovator, because an innovator in an EDH sense is like, how do I take this deck as far as it can go without having my friends hate me? Right. <laughs> so it's always mm. like... You can try to be one, and you can to a certain extent, but there is that caveat of to a certain extent. So you can't go all the way spike when you're an innovator. Yeah, sure, and, and sure. it's also in EDH, one of these things EDH. where it's like if you are an innovator and then you do try to be kind of like nice about it and you just kind of think to the back of your head, but I could make this better and I could be oh, winning no. all the time. Okay. Oh, no, that's true. That's the slippery slope of CEDH. Uh, whenever, oh, my God. We're not going to talk about that, though, Michelle. <laughs> this is true. This is true. But I feel like it also falls into that category if you're trying to be that careful uh, to, to not make your playgroup hate you so much. But, you know, at the same time, you could be playing this card to yeah. the best that it can play. Okay. What, 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 what basically this is going to do, it's, a, it's kind of an exercise in futility when you're doing EDH, like, in a casual setting, because all it ends up is, is you hate yourself, because you pride yourself in finding the next broken thing or spawning the next dominant deck, but you can't really do that, because then you'd be an asshole. I mean, true. Unless you go and CEDH. <laughs> Which is why I think that CEDH is just very scary, okay? <laughs> Super scary. All right, so now that we've gone over all the subgroups, let me ask. We're, we're going to ask the same question again, but now we're going to ask specifically for the subgroups. So going over all the subgroups that we just talked about, like uh, where would you guys say you align? And uh, more than that, uh, I actually kind of want to ask a question about where you guys think Michael is. I know people don't know who Michael is, but honestly, looking at all the subgroups, I actually think he's mostly Timmy. I think he's Diversity, Adrenaline, and Griefer. Would you guys agree with that or no? I feel like Griefer is like really big on to on on that. Yeah, for sure. Immediately he was like, "Oh, he's." But he likes adrenaline, um, which is I think something I think kind of rare. I, I, you know, there's a lot of different cards in Magic, but personally, I don't like uh, any card where you're flipping coins or you're randomly doing stuff where you never know where things are gonna lie. Mm -hmm. Um, what's what's one of the cards, uh, what is the one where you keep betting and you roll, and every time it hits something, heads or tails, you have to bet more? It's like a red card with goblins on it. Well, I need to actually pull it out because um, I have that deck with me right now. Jeez, uh, but it's in my folder. We know what you're talking about. It's, it's basically... 
chaos decks. Yeah, done, chaos decks. I I don't know anyone who likes him except Michael. So it's weird to see. Oh, they actually like he's actually kind of perfectly described in Timmy. They happen a lot more online. I mean, like, yeah, they happen in real life, too. Like, in, in a given number of, like, ten people or something, you'll have somebody who's like this. But if you do webcam EDH, you'll find these people. I, I think it's a little bit because of the anonymity of the internet or wh sure. whatever. So, like, they can go around and be fucking random as shit. But... Um, these people do exist. Yeah, that makes sense, too. And Michael is one of uh, them. I mean, a lot of people... Chaos decks tends to be one of these decks that are in line with decks like Stacks, right? Where as soon as you see it, it's like, oh, no. This is going to be a terrible, terrible game. And so if you're online and no one knows who you are, it's like, ho, 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 I'm going to pull out my Chaos deck. And it's going to be chaos! But, you it, know. It's crazy. I, I honestly feel like it's weird because... Based off Michelle's personality, I would not call her a spike. But if if I didn't know Michelle and somebody was like, here's the decks that she plays, I would see the Infect deck, I would see a Stax deck, and I would be <laughs> like, oh, she's a spike. And she probably has a little Timmy Griefer in her. These are very disgusting decks. You know? Excuse yeah. you, it's only Infect and uh, the Stacks, too, which decks uh, that I don't play anymore. So if we were strangers, I would be pulling out decks like Yennet or Marisi, okay? Or Athreos. It's, it's... And that, 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 that's, that's when me, if I was a stranger, I would look at Yennet and go, ah, a, a Johnny, <laughs> this will be easy. Wow, <laughs> what the fuck? I don't say that. Don't say it's that. weird, because it's like, why do you even have it? It's like, you know, it's like, oh... Michelle, like, do you believe in violence? And you're like, no, I'm a pacifist. But then you, like, search her property and she has all these bazookas, right? It's like, because why are you, why mean, do you like, even have this disgusting stacks deck if you're not at some level of spike Just because I'm a pacifist player? does not mean that, you know, uh, I, I, I need something to defend myself every once in a while, you know <laughs> I, what I mean? I <laughs> Therefore, self-defense. It's a security blanket. It's safety. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a safety but, but blanket. Also, uh, it's a lot Derby... of landmines you have in your backyard for self-defense. <laughs> Derby did not start off as a stacks deck. Derby actually started off as a bird deck, which then turned into stacks very quickly. See, bird sounds uh... like... that's you're Literally, you're describing the, pr the transformation from, from Jenny to Spike. Yeah. It's like, oh, we went <laughs> cute birds and then went disgusting stacks. Well, well, look, if I had not chosen Derry, if I had chosen, like, Kangi or something, I would have just went hard into what Kangi does best, which just happens to be birds, right? But Derby was, like, like the thing that drew me to Derby wasn't the fact that it was a stacks bird. I didn't realize that Derby was stacks. I just liked that you could just pay, pay, like, a set amount of mana, like, what was it, four or something, and just always be able to bring Derby in. And not worry about commander tax. And literally that was it. <laughs> I just did not want to worry about commander tax. And then I found out Derby was stacks. And I'm like, okay, well. A likely story. But I'll, I'll, I'll believe it. <laughs> okay, I'll whatever. Believe it. A likely story. <laughs> uh, that sounds like bullshit. But I believe it. <laughs> it's true. Look, I, I choose a lot of my decks. <laughs> I don't have enough card knowledge or magic knowledge to look at cards and be like, oh, this is exactly... Look, I looked at Joyra when I first made her, and I'm like, ooh, I get to draw! Oh my god, Joyra. Oh my <laughs> god, Joyra. Like, I forgot. I completely forget. Yeah, you're a spike and a Je uh, Jenny. That's, there's, no, there's nothing in between. Get the no, fuck no, out no, of here. No, you no, 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 no,
and that was with other fun decks. But uh, I'm just saying, same way like how I made Derby and not realize it was fucking ridiculous, I saw Joyra and I was like, oh, she draws cards when I play, what, what was it, historic spells. And, and first I was like, all right, we're just going to stick this in with a bunch of legendaries. I, I don't know, Michelle. <laughs> like like Donovan was saying, how many guns do you have to buy accidentally before you realize that you're just into yeah, guns? Exactly. I mean, look, exactly. I never said, I'm not denying that I'm, I'm a spike. I'm totally a spike, okay? Uh, no one said that I wasn't. I just said that, I'm just saying, it, it just happens to be this way, and I don't realize it until after the fact, okay? <laughs> oh, okay, so you're just naturally like this. Yeah. I mean, I can't blame you for being naturally how you are. It's, it's fine. All right, I'm going to go over to be this way, Pablo. <laughs> what I think of Pablo's uh, thing based off subgroup. So I think Pablo is a social gamer, a diversity gamer, um, a combo player, a deck artist, and a tuner. So a little bit from all three, but the very least from Spike. Would, do we agree with this or disagree? No, I, I absolutely this agree. I guess it right. just depends on any given day which which of those I lean more into. Sure, sure. Makes sense. Mm -hmm. Truly. Oh, oh, you know what? Here, if I'm in person with you guys, I, I'm usually more of a Timmy. Just because it's 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 fun to be around people. When I'm online, I absolutely go down to the dark side. I I, I start I just start <laughs> turning blue, and you go like, is is he suffocating? Nah, dude, I'm just online, and this is the so so. I what turn. are you a tuner online? Like you're you're perfecting, like. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. I do not pull out the Rowan and Will deck uh, out with you guys because that is a very johnny uh spike deck it wins it wins in a disgusting way and i've never stopped twiddling with it i that that is when i'm like uh when i feel like i need to do magic stuff but i know i don't really have any new pr projects i go back to the kenriths and say is there any way i can make this better in the way i want to make it better well hey maybe you should pull it out one of these days because i am genuinely curious uh, you know, I feel like the meta in our house has gotten so strong that maybe you can just pull it out and maybe it'll be fine. Maybe, maybe. Uh, but we'll see, because then I'll be, here, when I'm playing with you guys in person, I, I really do, the, the, the social Timmy comes out, it's like, oh, <laughs> I just want to keep playing, guys, I don't want to, like, you know, I don't mind losing, but I, I certainly want to be the second to lose, you know, because I like playing <laughs> so much, um, so if, if if that happens and I'm playing Will and Rowan, I think I'll I'll probably just feel like really bad the whole time. Just be like feeling guilty. I'm sorry. You can I'm pull sorry, out guys. Will and Rowan, and then I'll pull out like either Derby or Joyra, and then Donovan pulls out Modrotha or Atraxa, and then mm -hmm. Travis pulls out Rurik Thar, and then we're all just a like a, a pod with just stupid decks. Oh God, Rurik Thar. So uh, basically, I actually have three great decks for this. If I pull out Estrid, I'm being Timmy or Tammy. I, I guess Timmy in my case. I'm just there for the social and the nice plays. If I'm pulling out my Kenrith decks, my Will and Rowan deck, uh, that's me being Johnny Jenny. I'm, I'm, I'm tuning that, but mostly it's because I want to pull out a Chandra win, and that's very hard to do. And if I pull out Narset or Selvala, um, that's me being Spike. Uh, just depends on the context, depends on who I'm playing with. Um, but most of the time, it's going to be Tim. Mm, okay. Or I try to be. All right. So I'm going to give my profile on Michelle, and you guys can agree or disagree. Oh. Uh, when it comes to Timmy, I was going to say she was a power gamer, but I don't think she's that anymore. So I do think she's a social <laughs> gamer, 
Um, so that's the only Timmy that I would give her. I think that she is a Uber Johnny. Um, and, uh, I would still call her a deck artist to a certain extent, but I feel like she moves away from that more and more because she's mostly a spike. And then I would wow. call her both a tuner and analysis, but I think that ultimately she's, she's most spike, uh, versus the other things. What do y'all think? Y'all agree? Uh, disagree? This is not wrong. Uh... I don't know uh, about being an analyst just because I don't think I have enough decks to to um, kind of uh, pick and choose. Oh, this deck well, is good against so and so and so and so and so. Right, that that I gave you that simply because I think that you will change your decks a bit just based off what's going on in the meta. So the idea is like, well, I'm just gonna, you know, like. If, if your deck is bad, you won't just l let it stay bad. You're just going to be like, oh, okay, well, here's what's going on right now. I'm going to boost the power level of this. Oh, yeah, but I feel like that's more in line with Tuner, though. Uh, Well, yeah, let's see. They dominate by fine-tuning. Yeah, I mean, so tuning is one thing, but the reason I said Analyst specifically is because that's tuning your deck to suit a certain environment. So that's like, mm. oh, everybody here is playing board wipes, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put stuff that can't get board wiped in my deck which is specifically changing your deck to suit a certain environment versus like a tuner who might just try to improve their deck overall maybe or at least that's how i interpret it yeah, for you know, an that EDH setting fair. that's fair i mean like we were talking about uh, how edh doesn't really have a sideboard but i mean yeah uh, so I, i'm kind of playing with the the definition to kind of yeah, yeah. let it fit it because the, the thing about it is that like i would say that uh travis to a certain extent has done this um, I will, okay, so I'll get, uh, give an example for myself. I have a zombie uh -huh. deck. The zombie deck could be stronger if I moved further out away from zombie, but because deck artist is, like, one of my kind of big things, it's like, well, dude, I, if I make it too little of a zombie deck, I feel like it loses its identity, so I'm not gonna uh -huh. do that. I would rather have a bad zombie deck than a good EDH deck, but I feel like, You'll have a deck and you'll be like, this deck isn't winning enough, so I'm going to do my analyst thing and just add cards that, like, fit yeah, what's yeah. currently going on. And, and that's what so I'm that saying with the sideboard, more. right? And so there's not really a sideboard in EDH, but yeah. uh, what I'll do instead is that I'll have <laughs> a, a set list of cards that I put in my, quote, sideboard, quote, uh, that I'll just switch out every once in a while depending on the game. So it's like, it's not really a sideboard if you're just switching out cards before you play the game. But yeah, I feel like that's some sideboard. An, an, <laughs> like anybody who's like, "Oh, I'm playing such and such." Let me let me bust out these cards real quick. Not let that me, I've done me... that before. I have not, uh, you know, purely. Uh, I've not switched out certain cards in a deck purely because uh, someone's playing a certain deck, right? Sure, but you're on uh, your way, and that's some spike shit. <laughs> uh, you're, you're not. Um, I think I think Michelle's never like. I think a lot of it is she's not really doing this maliciously, I guess. I think <laughs> there's there's a little bit of a, a stigma for Spike that there's a little bit of Spike. No, no, and I, I'm not if, saying that. I, I don't think Spikes have that. to be malicious. They just want to win, and they want to increase their odds. I like 
like to look at. And the most positives. of the time, that means uh, being spiteful and mean. And right, but that Michelle is Michelle is a very mean. spike player. <laughs> Without being She's not spiteful. mean, and I, I'm not trying to insinuate I just, that. I just want to have fun, you guys. And, and a lot of times, having fun enemies. means I crush my enemies, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, that, that, to be fair, though, to be fair, though, most spikes are mean or spiteful. We'll, we'll put sure. that in front. Okay. A lot of them are, there is a reason why there's the stereotype. Th- this but, is like, true. But Michelle, she, she is a spike, but, you know, a nice spike. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah so I, you know I would what? say that yeah. I'm a tuner. Like, I, I want to, I'll make my decks better. Like, I will make my zombie deck better if they come out with new zombie cards that fit it. But I will never turn the zombie deck into not a zombie deck for the sake of winning. And that's here's here's one thing I guess that's nice about EDH is you always have something that's a touchstone. Like you can always because there's lots of decks in other Eternal formats that have changed radically over the years. Uh, Red deck wins uh, now is completely different than Red deck wins back in you know '98 or something. Yeah. Um, so like you'll always have something that you can say this is what this deck is. I'm not gonna go completely overboard with tuning because I mean you know this is my who is your who is your commander for your zombie deck? Gisa and Garalf. It started off as um, Gisa. It was an all black deck, and I was like, man, I I am really not winning with this deck. I want to make it stronger, but it has to stay zombie because that's that's my deck artist thing, right? So I I made it better. I added blue. So of course, if you add blue to anything, you're gonna make it stronger. Um, <laughs> Just dip your toes in blue. So yeah, I uh, did that. But you know, like I could make the deck even stronger if I wanted to, you know, move away further and further from the zombie concept. But at one point, it wouldn't be a zombie deck anymore. So I yeah, I won't do that. Well, I also maybe, recently maybe. made a cat dog deck that is just not <laughs> great at all. But. Well, here's the thing. Maybe, uh, you know, you might stray further away from zombies, but maybe you turn to, like, another mechanic or whatever, and then you focus on, like, that that uh, that mechanic instead. And that way it's still a themed deck, just not specifically zombies. Look at the analyst trying to get me to be scummy like her. Hey, 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 <laughs> no, Excuse you, okay? So it's the person who decided to dip into blue, okay, with your zombos because it needed to be stronger. I did dip but. in the blue, so that that's sad, but my zombie deck remained a zombie deck. You went from birds to stack. Look, look, that's just that one. That is a big leap. That, that is, a is just one, leap, deck, one deck that I don't ever use anymore, okay? But I just have anyway because I, I made you the know, deck. Michelle, well. Michelle, I'm just going to say, you know what the, the jump is from Marisi to Joyra? It's a very big leap. Look, okay. look, 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 look. I, I would like to justify Joyra because I saw AC and I thought that the draw for land was really cool. And Joyra was like, draw to play legendaries. Not legendaries, historics. And I'm like, A, drawn cards. I didn't realize at the time that uh, <laughs> Joyra was dumb. But if we're going on to Maurice or whatever, right? Maurice started off as a cat deck, uh, but it, you know, I just then leaned into Goad afterwards. But it's still leaning onto like a specific kind of theme. It's just a theme that's very specific to the commander, and I feel like that's the same with Yenit as well. All right, and so Yenit yeah, starts off that's as why, That's why I'm saying you're Yenit? like a not mean. You're an accidental spike yeah. because I can see the reasoning there. But then again. You did go to Joy. Yenit went from a Speaks deck to I was like, what kind of deck is it now? And she's like, it's just an odd. Deck. No, 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 no. It's <laughs> Yenit's odd riddles. Okay, whenever I attack with Yenit, I uh, spit out riddles. Okay. 
Ah, I see. <laughs> uh, the riddle is: Why are you playing this deck, Michelle? You spike. I feel. I feel <laughs> like oh, look, what I'm Michelle not denying that I'm a spike. Okay. <laughs> is like if a bird took. Uh, what steroids and injected them straight into its cloaca and then made it so that no one could do anything ever again. All right, that's look. That's everybody what gives me shit for this stacks deck, but I literally never play it anymore. Okay, hey. I turn it into stacks oh. and then I put it away. It's the gun a she never fires, but she has the gun we just in case. Yeah, no, it's in the case. It's like right in front of the living room. It's pointed at the door. But anyway, we should probably move on to this. <laughs> true, aesthetic. true. Well, true. I guess before, before aesthetics. Like, we, we all before, like. before aesthetics here, right? And so Donovan went through the the uh, trouble of, uh, I guess, uh, naming our subgroups and seeing if they're right. We should probably do the same for, for Donovan, Pablo. Oh, you're right, you're right, you're right. Uh, my apologies. All right, oh. Pablo. Uh, what would you say? in the Timmy category Donovan is here. I would put Social Gamer on there. Not because he wanted to be. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Um out of out of out of any of this it would be it would be um Social Gamer. Maybe not not in the way that Adrenaline Gamer is put in here. Um but you know, I don't know. Actually no, he he wants everything to be predictable social gamer maybe a little bit of power gamer mm. but mostly social gamer. i don't know about power gamer but i would say social gamer maybe a little bit of diversity gamer i feel like donovan has a wide variety of of decks that that do different things and it's like okay this is just fun times oh no no donovan's all of donovan's decks except for maybe the uh maybe the uh zombies even his cat dog deck are very value oriented there is ah. no diversity there just oh, because really? it gets there differently they are all extreme value mm. decks, and I'm I'm just I'm just saying that as somebody who's uh, what, played against. What, the, what, what, I, what do you mean by that? I'm mean, I, I'm just curious because I don't actually know the terminology. Uh, because you are trying to get a lot of two for ones from what's happening. So basically, planeswalkers are value, and tokens are value. Mm. That that's literally yep. it. Like you, you know, you you get you get more out of them, and they sort of stick around a lot of the time. True. True. This man okay. knows me. <laughs> uh, anyway, <laughs> moving on to Johnny. Um, well, you go first, Michelle. You were going first in the so, second. So, like, definitely deck artists. A uh, mm-hmm. lot of lot of theme decks, whether they be tribal or, I guess, certain mechanics or whatever. Yeah, very deck artists. I don't... Donovan, like, for all of his flaws... I'm <laughs> Donovan's a pretty cool guy. Uh... He's never been a combo player. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's he's not never been an offbeat designer, and kind of is the antithesis of Uber Johnny. Like, if there's any part of being Johnny or Jenny that Donovan is, it would be a deck artist. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and then we all know Donovan's got some spike in him because because winning is yeah. fun. Uh, yeah, a, a, a little bit of all of this. A little bit of all of this. Yeah, so, so, on, uh, honestly, I feel like there should be a, a thing for Spike if you wanted to add where it's like they play the other player. It's like they use mind games. They're going to try to get into someone's head. They're going to try to predict what that other player is going to do. That is that is not something that you can really do 1v1. in, in 1v1. So that's never going to be. Sure. But yes, that is very much something that happens in EDH. And you would be one of those people. For sure. Okay. So in terms of so spikes, let's... I would probably put you under under tuner. 
Uh, yeah, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm always trying to make the decks that I have better, but they have to fit the theme. If they don't fit the theme, then well, what's the point? Well, that's why you're a tuner deck artist, okay? Uh, if, if, if we're gonna go by a little bit more, um, Donovan also has a little bit of nuts and bolts, just because of, you know, he's trying to make the optimized play whenever it's happening, mm -hmm. but, you know, um... That's 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 hard to do. In in limited, I think Donovan tries to do this more often than not. Yeah. Because that's exactly what it is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, aesthetics. Ooh. We got two to to go over, and we've already kind of spoken a little bit about one. The first one that we'll go over, and I'll I'll just go ahead and read both of them. We can talk about both of them at the same time. Uh, the first one is Mel. Mel is a mechanic player. Uh, someone focused on the craft. Uh, craft of design and development. And Mel is characterized for appreciating cards with delicate and interesting interactions, as well as strong mechanics. Amel appreciates that there are many different elements that have come together to make magic, uh, to make a magic card function structurally, from the color pie, to the mana system, to the rules, to the templating, uh, to the mechanical needs of the set. That was a weird sentence, but... Basically, you know, they, they appreciate the cards for all the different things that came together to make that card. Examples of cards that Amel might like include Fire Maw, Kavu, and Stuffy Doll from the Time Spiral, uh, Spiral expansion. And uh, Haggerback Walker. So hopefully our audience understands what these cards are. But um, essentially, just kind of commenting on this a little bit. So a big nerd. <laughs> cards that have lots of text that do lots of things, and you're just like, oh, this card makes me very happy because of all the things it can do. But also, I just appreciate how this card is just so nice. I I, I feel like when I think of a male player, I think of like a stuffy art critic where they're like, nice. The design of this card is 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 good. And it's like, I don't understand why it's just a 2-2. Two, two. No, you don't understand. It's like, it has value. Turn 2, it can do this. Uh, you know, it does this. It does that. It has vigilance. Yep, yep. Like, But it, it, it works in a certain way. Yeah, I don't know. Exactly. Yeah. No. And, then, and then they'd go into and see it's a 2-2 two, two for 2 in blue. Do you not understand that? It's in blue that it's a 2-2 two, two for 2. Like, yeah, that's, that's Mel. Okay. Big old mm -hmm. fucking nerd. So, Ooh, I feel okay. like I, I don't have enough uh, <laughs> magic knowledge to be a Mel. <laughs> Yeah, like, uh. <laughs> I feel like if any of us are a Mel at all, maybe it's maybe, you, Pablo, because you have the card knowledge to be. No, I, I, I don't care about it that much. Like, just because you know a card doesn't mean that you can. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but you know, you know, out of all of us, who bought a magic hat that was modeled after a stuffy doll, Pablo? It was you. You don't know. That could have been Vorthos. That had. That could have. <laughs> shut up. Shut up. Okay. <laughs> well, speaking of Vorthos, uh, what what what's going on with Vorthos, Donovan? Okay, so Vorthos is the flavor player. Ooh. Someone focused on the craft of on the craft of creative. A Vorthos is characterized by appreciating cards with flavor and creative consistency. The name, the illustration, the card concept, the subtype, if the card has one, the flavor text. Each of these help paint a picture of exactly the card it's representing. A Vorthos evaluates cards based off these components both in isolation and in conjunction. Vorthos was envisioned by Matt Cavata. Ah, examples of a of cards that Vorthos might like include Rescued from the Underworlds, from Theros, and Desi 
decide uh, from Journey into Nyx. Um, I'm just going to talk about the subgroups real quick. The gamer appreciates top-down resonance and in-game flavor. The artist appreciates all the visual aspects of magic. The writer appreciates all the written copy for magic. I'm pretty sure that's flavor text. The oracle appreciates the real-world fantasy blending via things like cosplay. Okay, interesting. The dreamer appreciates anything contributing to the lore of magic. Um, I feel like we all have a little Vorthos in them. So, you know, sometimes mm. you're, you're looking through, especially... Well, I, I guess that makes sense. I, I don't know if the audience knows this, but all three of us are artists. So that is true. Yeah, we do bring that up occasionally, right? So. <laughs> just, just a little bit, you know. So all we're looking at you, Osgear. We're looking at you. <laughs> all three of us, I'm sure, will be looking through and just appreciate, stop in awe, and be like, "Damn, this is a good artist, and this is some good art." And I think we can all appreciate the cards for that. Yeah, I mean, but also, I feel like Vorthos also taps into the whole like, I'm gonna make a deck specifically because I like. Uh, a certain thing about it. So, like, uh, I've heard of decks, uh, like, like just just the chair chair deck, where people will just make decks that have chairs in them because the art's got chairs in them, and that's it. And I'm like, yo, dude, what a great yeah. time! <laughs> that hits that hits very much on the artist side of yeah. those. <laughs> I mean, a very 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 basic understanding of artist worth those. Come on, I mean, I, guess. I mean, look, 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 look. It's okay, oh, all right. Go ahead. Here, here's something that I'm wondering. After kind of, you know, analyzing all these a little bit, I'm thinking that maybe the aesthetic profile almost maybe has nothing to do with playing. Like, so, because it seems like if you were to make a chair deck, that would be kind of a, uh, like a, what do you call it? A deck artist thing to do, like a Johnny thing, but maybe just collecting the cards because they have chairs in them is like maybe like a Vorthos thing? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the thing about the aesthetics is, they can be these things without really playing magic. Sure. Like they can, they, they can be these things whether they're not honestly like little bearing of how they play magic. But these are things that we can still uh, categorize people in because their decks are gonna reflect these most of the time hmm. if they're not spikes. Yeah. Oh. yeah. So <laughs> real quick, like... who? Oh, go ahead, Michelle. Finish your thought. Oh, oh yeah. So I was gonna say. So I feel like the the first three are more of like, oh, how do players play the game and then the these last two here are more like oh what kind of personalities do these players have with the i guess with the cards or whatever okay yeah i would agree with that okay well kind of finishing out this set uh we're going to talk about the metagamer real quick the metagamer uh well look uh the mystery booster test card metagamer introduced a new player type that chooses their cards to counter decks that are popular in the metagame um, Gross. It doesn't really feel like it fits 100% with the aesthetic profile. Uh, it honestly kind of, to me, just sounds like it, a spike thing to do. Yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah. I think, here's the thing. Since it was a mystery booster test card, um, they're still sort of fine-tuning what it means to be a metagamer, I suppose. Um, well, well, we'll see in like three years. Maybe they'll have a more detailed... Um, accounting of what this guy is but you can sort of see that there is a difference between a metagamer versus a spike because i don't know if he if if, if the metagamer actually cares so much about winning as trying to get the most out of the game as the as the meta is evolving 
Like, how much fun are you going to have with a certain type of deck versus another type of deck with the meta as it is now? Because, like, I, I, like, um, here, the best example I can come up with, and this might not, again, this might not come into the podcast because this is for standard. A meta gamer would look at the meta for when Theros came out, uh, uh, what's it called? Beyond when Theros Beyond Death came out and saw all of the Uro cards being played, all the Simic cards being played, and 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 the meta gamer would just go, "Fuck that! That sounds terrible. I'm gonna play something else." Well, if we're looking hmm. at a more smaller scale, that's that's more applicable to EDH. Uh, I, I would kind of think of it more as like, "Oh, what what decks does your playgroup play?" Right, and if someone is playing something like Rurikthar, and I keep using that because that's just what we have in this meta right now, um, maybe you don't want to pull out something that's like very, very um, not creature heavy purely because it's just going to hurt you. Yeah. Uh, Right, so maybe pull out something that is a little bit more creature heavy, not because you want to win or anything, but just because you just don't want to get fucked. Exactly. Like, I I think the metagamer isn't a spike because the metagamer isn't always actively trying to win. But the metagamer is just very aware of the local, not even the local, just what's happening as far as power levels are are concerned. Sure. Hey, so there's one thing that I want to kind of talk about real briefly, real, real quick, um, uh, that's not, it's kind of magic related, and that's uh, Bartle's Taxonomy of Player Types. Something that I brought up to both of you guys at one point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Bartle's taxonomy of player types really has to do with gaming in general. Um, and since we're just kind of going over what type of magic players you guys are, I'm just wondering what type of gamers you guys are in general. Uh, to give a quick explanation of the classifications, uh, Bartle's taxonomy of player types basically says that all gamers fit somewhere within a diagram of four different types of gamers. You have your killers. Killers enjoy competing. They're basically your spike players. They enjoy kind of um, winning or making people's lives miserable, but it's like a social thing, but they want to win, and they want to win in a multiplayer format. They prefer PvP. Then you have achievers. Achievers want to achieve something within a game. Um, So I'll give magic examples. A killer would be like a spike player. Um, Someone who's like hard spike would probably be a killer in magic. An achiever might be someone who is trying to win via a certain like way um sounds like a johnny yeah a johnny Mm -hmm. or um an achiever also just might want to have like a certain collection like oh i want all the all the rat cards that have ever been printed right like they basically come up with a goal and they try to stick to it and that goal can be whatever then you have explorers explorers like to explore just different aspects with inside the game so those could be johnny players or vorthros players um or even mel's uh, explorers would be people that are just to... kind of interested in some factor or another. Yeah, or and maybe... the last would be oh, socializers. <laughs> oh, go ahead, Michelle. Uh, I was going to say with the explorers, maybe even if you wanted to to look more into like the lore of, of some of these cards or just the lore of magic in general, that would probably fit under explorers as well. Yeah, so l- let me ask, just when it comes to gaming in general, uh, and like I said, I just wanted to touch on it real quick, where do you guys see yourselves within these four different things? And I, I think you you already kind of know the the broader examples. Me, myself, I'm like a a killer, mostly, and then an explorer, partially. 
See, now, I, I feel like in terms of video games and magic, my approach to video games is, like, completely different uh, when I'm playing magic, right? And so sure. if I'm playing magic, I'm, I'm like a Spike Johnny, which I guess would be killers uh, and achievers. And maybe we'll put socializers in there just because I do like hanging out with my friends playing playing magic. Sure. If we're talking about just video games, I'm, like, absolutely 100% never a fucking killer because I... Just, Ooh, I just hate that, and I am never, ever, ever a socializer. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm the kind of person who plays an MMO, and if there's an and be alone, and if there's an option to turn off all the PC like uh, uh, character models, I'll fucking do it. Okay. I think it's kind of interesting that Michelle can enjoy magic in a way that she typically does not enjoy when it comes to almost any other type of well, game. I mean, I with magic, it's like uh, you know, with magic, you're hanging out with friends, so it's it's like I. Like, I've also never played Magic in a in a public setting, so this might, who, who knows, this might change very drastically mm, once I do true. start that's that. True. But in terms of just games, I, I'm mostly an explorer achiever. You know what would be interesting, and I, something I think y'all could do for another episode, I honestly would be interested just to see how Michelle likes playing Arena. Like, and just have her play, like, Arena for a week. Because that's, that's, that's really kind of a, a Magic setting... That is honestly the the default way of playing Magic, and it's something I mean, that like true. Michelle doesn't play like really a uh, lot. The 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 only caveat that I would give for that, if uh, Michelle is uh, gonna do that, is she would have to play ranked. Ah, uh, sure. Casual play is kind of like so. The thing about uh, Magic in 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 real life is a lot of the Bartleby's uh, uh, categorizations. They kind of, I, I won't say fall short, but they're warped by direct human contact. Sure. Maybe, like maybe fighting games or something, or uh, something that is, is a little bit more contacty, uh, are still fit in. But like magic is a little different because you're actually like interacting with these people. They're not just, you know, pixels. Um, if you're going to try to have Michelle, uh, or not just Michelle, just anybody work through it that way, you have to make magic as close to um uh that staked setting as you can for Bartleby's and that means uh for Magic Arena playing either ranked or draft ranked uh what's it called limited which you ranked. did for a while right Pablo not drank but you you liked playing draft I know that you mm -hmm. actually do like drafting quite a bit oh man I love I love limited but yes see this seems like a a, a fucking terrible time <laughs> Well, we'll see how that goes, and I, if we if we make, we're, well, we're, I don't know. We're just gonna push Michelle into oh, all look, these spheres. Like Michelle, do the this. Thing Michelle, that do that. turns me off from from playing MTG Arena. Well, for, first off, I, I just don't want to play with strangers because I just do not like interacting with other people. Uh, Interaction in MTG is really limited. There's no yeah. voice and, and there's then, no typing. And then the other thing about it, too, is that I'm just turned off by the idea that this is all digital. I like feeling the cards physically in my hands. Sure. I agree with that. But uh, I, I'll, I'll do it if you make me. I'm, I don't. We'll <laughs> <laughs> see how that goes. But, but, but Pablo, um... okay. Where do you fall in the, the Bartle spectrum here? Uh, probably Achiever. Like, uh, yeah, I can see I, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's... It, we, a lot of MMO players, like old school MMO players or explorers, I fit that. Um, not even like, so I have to have a touch of killer 
just a touch of it because I play MTGA for ranked yeah. ladder, and there is absolutely no profit in doing that unless you have a little bit of killer in you. Otherwise, you're just. You know, you I didn't know, even know that you were still playing it. You still enjoy Magic Arena? Oh, yeah, man. Like, just before this podcast, Strixhaven has just come out on MTG Ooh. Arena. Uh, I am absolutely furious because my record is a winning record right now. I'm actually climbing the ranks. But every run that I've had, if, if you guys uh, out there know what Magic Arena draft setting is like uh, for ranked, is 6-3. and three. I have four 6-3 records today. And I am... So in in Magic Arena, the for draft the not the perfect run, but one hundred percent of a run is seven wins. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's seven wins, and you get kicked out if you have three losses. Today I have made and played four fucking six three record, and it's just driving me insane because I know that the variance is just anyway. Mm. <laughs> it's. It's it's you know that's I'm exploring and trying to collect that win, well, guys. There you go. There you go, uh, Michelle. There you go. If you make a profile now, I think that like your first deck would be like a Strixhaven deck. That, I think it's it's you always know. you you kind of get cards from the current set. I am very uh, tempted because it is Strixhaven, but at the same time, just the the thought of playing with just other people, regardless of whether there's interaction or not, it's just like, oh no, I just, I'm so turned off. I hear that. Look, look, look. Be my friend first, and if you happen to be into magic, I'll play with you, <laughs> okay? Yeah. Uh, that's, that's intimacy at that point. Mm-hmm. Um... Is there anything else you'd like to bring up, Donovan, before we head off? Uh, no, I think it was a great conversation. Had a well, lot of fun with you guys, uh, I seriously. guess before we head off here, because we talked about the aesthetic profiles, but uh, in terms of the aesthetic profile, uh, what, what would you guys put yourselves under? Oh, I would agree uh, with Pablo's assessment of me, honestly. I, I, I think a, that... As a Vorthos? Um, oh, uh, aesthetically. The aesthetic profile, yeah, yeah. So we discussed the the first three, which are the psychographic sure, sure, profiles. Sure, sure, so. sure. I think, I think in this case, the only real discussion to be had is what flavor of Vorthos you are. Because, like, I will say this. Oh. I appreciate <laughs> the art from Vorthos, and I find the writing for the flavor text chuckle funny. I, I, it's a small <laughs> thing, but sometimes I'll be, you know, playing, and you know, it's it's taking a while. It's EDH, so sometimes it can take a while for the it to be your turn, and you're just kind of reading the flavor text. And I get a, a good chuckle if it's kind of funny, and that's it. Uh, I, I still I still love lava axe catch. <laughs> exactly. Uh, other than that, I I typically like to know a little bit about the plane that I'm playing in for standard. This is not even. This is actually one thing that I'm a little sad because I feel like with kitchen sink decks not being what we play anymore, like there's a part of me that kind of loses that. Uh, I'll give you an example. Like a new set would come out and I would be really excited to make a kitchen sink deck with just that set and it would be pretty easy. Like um, like uh, Shadowmore came out and I'm like, oh, I like Prowl. I'll make a rogue Prowl deck. And like it's 60 cards. So you can basically find a way to do that and you know, you can double up. But now that I'm an EDH player, it's like, Strixhaven is, I guess, less interesting to me now because it's like, well, what am I going to do? Make an EDH Strixhaven deck? Like, eh, no, it would be too I'll, broad. I'll give you this, though, Donovan. Um, one of the reasons why Old Magic could uh, support that kind of play style and thinking 
was because they came in blocks. Yeah. So, you know, uh, Lorwyn, Shadowmoor was a block of four sets. So while it, you know, while it's it's one plane, you have four sets worth of mechanics true. to pick from. True, true, very um, true. Same with... Same with Ravnica. Well, Ravnica is a special case because we just we just keep fucking coming back to Ravnica as a plane. Uh, but Shards of Alara, Dominaria, Dominaria. Oh my God, so many sets in Dominaria that you can uh, go into nowadays. Uh, everything has to be contained in one specific set, and there's not enough like for players to in their own little play groups go like, okay, I'm gonna call this mechanic because there's just not that many of them. I um totally did not think about it that way and you're a hundred one thousand percent right and to me as a player that's pretty sad i really yeah, like yeah. like oh ravnica like i'm the golgari guy and like you know me when it comes to fighting games i'm the type of guy who's like this is my character no one play my character but i'm not gonna play your character i just it it's the most fun way for me to play it so like when it came to tribes i really liked i play fairies Michelle plays Treefolk, Pablo plays Merfolk, and it's like, which tribe is the best? And we try to yeah. min-max our own tribes, and the fact exactly. that that's not around anymore is like a pretty big bummer to me. Well, that's unfortunate. Yeah. Um, I didn't... With, with... Yeah, go oh, ahead. Sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't realize that was a thing that Magic did with uh, the different blocks or whatever. I just thought it was like, oh, here's a set, blip, here you go. But, I mean, now that you bring it up, it's kind of like, that That sounds like a fun time, actually, yo. Yeah, I, I did it, it have a was. ton of fun with it. Now, now how it is, um, they make every uh, every expansion have themes of five. So I mean, it's just a lot smaller. Like for Ravnica, it it was ten. For Shards of Alara, while it was it was just five, it was f three iterations of those five. So there was a lot of like technically it was more like fifteen rather than just five. Um, but for something like Strixhaven, you, you only have the five houses. You only mm -hmm. have the, the five Hogwarts schools, and, and that's <laughs> it. If you have more than five friends, it's kind of hard to differentiate like the decks at that point. Sure. Yeah. And even then, it's like a, as an EDH player, right? Like for you to make an EDH deck, even if you're like, oh, I'm going to make a Strixhaven like red-white deck, for you to be EDH, even if you included like every card in the set, you're still going to have to put a lot of cards that are like totally outside of the set in there. Um, and that's what they've been doing for all of the pre-cons. Like, there's just no way that you can have 70 cards of that one thing and have it run correctly. Sure. But other than that, uh, I had a really fun time, and I thought it was a really good discussion. Um, let me know if you guys ever want to have me back on. Um, yeah, had a fun. I'm totally down. All right. Um, this is... I think we have enough time to do our usual little... Um, end of what did you do that you want to share <laughs> this week all right michelle do you have anything you'd like to share that's been uh going on this week uh well this week we all had to vacate our our apartment because of lead paint <laughs> and so for oh, like okay. three days or whatever we had to be out of here and, and i was stuck over at harry's place for a good three days and while it was chill it was also very much so like I'm going to spend a large amount of time doing religion. And I'm like, not that I'm not religious, but I'm not religious. Uh, so <laughs> it's like, uh, I, I will respect the religion. That's it. Uh, okay. Uh, for me, 
I mean, it's it's magic based, but you know, it's it's not like I was playing it. But I had a massive fight with with USPS. Um, just, I, I think everybody's had to deal with uh, the post office. Uh, but basically, I I bought if if everybody's ready for this. I bought a guy's cradle. Gross. And now I am the proud owner of a guy's cradle. Gross. And let me just tell you, gr- guy's cradle is very... <laughs> I'm just bragging, right? I'm just, I'm just Gross. Uh, but the, the 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 post office um, lost the package, and it was marked as delivered. Dude, I ran all across the neighborhood trying to find that in every house that had even the slightest chance of being the same house number as mine to a, uh, a carrier's uh, eyes I, I knocked on doors etc etc i finally had to go to the actual post office uh they just had it lying around i don't know i'm not gonna be mad about it because it's it's safe it's here now it's sleeved um it, it will start beating the shit out of uh our friends in the near future. Uh, this is not legal, uh, right? This is like banned even <laughs> in historic, right? Are, are, we, are we actually playing banned cards now? Uh, in no, 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 it's not banned. banned. Okay, I, I, I will allow it. It's just it. very, very strong. I will allow it if it's uh, not banned. I'm not, I'm not actually playing it in casual play. That's 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 going in a CEDH deck. That's not going to be uh, anything that we're playing here. Uh, but that was my week. Just just like the, the absolute anxiety of knowing that there was a guy's cradle out there. That could have been lost. Ooh. How was your week, Pop? Pablo? What the fuck? None of it. <laughs> um, let's see. I'm trying to think of like a kind of a magic thing as far as like my week. My 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 week was whatever. Since I'm a guest, I'll I'll, I'll just say that like right now where I am with magic is like. Because COVID is finally tuning down, and personally, I'm wondering if our group is going to go back to be doing, like, the really big magic sets that we used to do. Oh, dude, I would and, love uh, magic again, like, in person. Yeah, and then financially, like, I'm in a good place right now, so it's like, I could actually spend a lot of disposable income on magic, but, like, I guess I'm, like, wondering, to what extent do I really want to do that? And if I were, you know, what would I do? I feel like I have deck ideas, but they're all, like, dumb, you know, whoa, because whoa, I, whoa, I, I mean, do it, just, you big yeah, dumb yeah, Johnny. Yeah. Come on, Vorthos. <laughs> let's 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 see where your dreamer cycle is gonna be. <laughs> I, so um, I have a rat deck that I I still want to finish, and I have a minus one minus one deck that I want to bring together, and those are my big ideas good, right dude. now. So, um, small aside, uh, I think we. Uh, I don't know if I'm gonna be putting this into the episode or not, but since COVID is winding down. Uh, and this is for the podcast sake, we will be doing a redux of Commander Legends. I know that Commander Legends had been done and covered by so many other people, but the problem is they were doing that during COVID time. People need to refresh their memory of what exactly is in Commander Legends because, uh, and this is for Donovan and Michelle, uh, I'm going to do a friend draft. It's going to be free to play for all of my buddies, uh, I'm either going to try to make it happen either next week or the week after. And I want people to know what the fuck they're doing. Because, uh, you know, the, the, this, it would be nice to be able to play again. Yay! But also not have it be a clown fi- fucking fiesta. I mean, you, you could just do what, uh, you know, uh, I suggested and make a little, little not a PowerPoint, but just a little infographic and just paste it on TV, Pablo. Why don't I just go to Kink? Why don't I go with my idea, my original idea of printing out giant posters here's the... of the top 15 cards of uh, 
that um, what's it called value wise, and then the ten archetypes on the Be- other because side. Because here's the thing: if you're going to be doing that whole infographic and then printing out anyway, instead of printing it out, just paste it on the TV. Because because it's too far away, people will not be able to see that when they're drafting. Ah, it's not that far away, Pablo. Our TV is it's so our far TV away. Is huge it's a million now. fucking okay, miles have away, you seen dude. Our TV? It's big now. Okay, I've seen your TV, <laughs> and it's still too far. All right, Fine. all right, damn. This was fun, but it's getting late, so I'm going to go. Do you guys got some kind of sign-out that you do? Yeah, we'll just oh, put... Oh, yeah, no. We'll, uh, yeah, yeah, we'll... Uh, uh, yeah, go ahead. Uh, 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 here! Here, right here. All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us this week. As always, our intro and outro music was provided by Kevin McLeod uh, through Creative Commons. Um, it was a good episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, see you all next week. Bye, Magic fans. Bye-bye.